Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. This sermon is from the life of the church. For more messages like this, please see our website www.venturechurch.co.za. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, Venture Church. For those who might not know me, because I know there's a few more faces in the crowd and online, uh, I am Jared. I am a full-time staff here at Venture Church, and I am Francis and Nadine's son, uh, and uh, married to the most beautiful woman on this planet. Sorry for all the other ladies in the room. I don't care about that part. Uh, this morning, I, I, I've been prompted for about three months now, and please forgive me if um, I stumble or if I hesitate or I don't know. I don't know what else, but uh, bear with me. I've had this word on my heart for about three months now, um, and it's something that the Lord has been reawakening within my heart. The context that Francis is speaking about is the fact that Sarah and I Um, have been prompted by the Lord since November, December last year uh, to be involved in kids' ministry once again, to go and to be with the kids, um, to to impart on the kids the future that God has for them. Um, And so out of that context this morning, I have a preach. Out of that context, God has been speaking to me. So how many of you have children of your own? Please raise your hands. How many of you have nieces or nephews? Please raise your hands. How many of you have cousins that are children? Please raise your hands. How many of you work with kids? Please raise it. Okay, so pretty much you've gotten the point that every single one of us deals with children in some form, shape, fashion, I don't know, some facets of life. But each one of us have an impact into some kid's life. And when I'm, when I'm, when I'm talking about kids, please uh, don't automatically assume I'm talking about the lilies. I'm talking about children, your children or children that you have an impact on. I mean, I am still a child. I am Francis and Nadine's child. It doesn't matter how old I get, I will forever be Francis and Nadine's child. Okay. <laughs> so how many of us know our values in Venture Church? Can you shout them out to me? What, except Mike, you, except for the deacons and elders. Let's say that. Can anyone say the, the values of Venture Church? What our values are? We, we just did a series. Real, relational, there's five. Redemptive, not Sarah. Commissioned and involved. Well done, Nadine. (laughs) So the values of Venture Church, we did a series, and if you haven't heard it, I'd encourage you, it's online. Go and listen through it. The elders gave us what we as a church value, and those values carry over to our kids. The kids' ministry is not separate from Venture Church. 
It's not another thing. It's not a thing that we, it's not a daycare center. We don't send our kids to um, Kids City to get rid of them for an hour and a half because we need a break. We send our kids to Kids City because we believe God is going to meet with them and impart something on them. So it's out of that context that I'm gonna preach on our values with our kids. Venture Church's values are for our kids. Remember when I said to you uh, that each one of us have an impact on a kid, maybe multiple kids. Everything that I'm going to speak this morning is for each and every single one of us, whether you are a parent or not. You will be a spiritual father or mother to someone and thus you will be a parent. So I was trying to scrape my brain because if you, if you know me, I always enjoy starting with a story. Um, and I was, I was really trying to scrape my brain for what story do I tell this time? I feel like at this point you've heard all of my stories. You know, I've only lived 25 years. I don't have many stories yet. But I decided that at the end of the day, I don't want to focus on one story that I try to relate to my preach this morning. Instead, I'm going to tell you that me standing here is the best story and testimony of what godly parenting looks like. Sarah, my wife, is an example of what good godly parenting looks like. We both love Jesus deeply and passionately. Oh, and Zach, yeah. But I mean, Zach's my brother. <laughs> we both love Jesus deeply and passionately. Our relationship with Jesus is based off of our personal revelation of who he is. The foundations that allowed us to experience Jesus is thanks to my parents and Raymond and Debbie. That's why we get to have a personal relationship with Jesus because of the foundations that were set before us. So it's out of that context. It's out of the context of I've been involved with kids. I wanna get involved with kids. It's out of that place that I'm gonna preach this morning. Okay, I was making sure that uh, I wasn't uh, too far ahead. <laughs> Problem with notes is that uh, when you've studied them so much, you can get ahead and then you have to catch up. So point number one, do you remember what was the center of the wheel for our values? Can anyone say what the first value in the center is? Well done, Nadine. <laughs> the first value is relational. Why? Because out of relational, everything else flows. So if we're basing our first value in kids on relational, we're gonna read the Bible and then I'm gonna talk about how we take this value of relationship, relational, and we apply it to the kids around us and our own kids. Deuteronomy 6, verse six to seven, I'm reading all of my verses this morning are from the NLT, so just so that you know. So verse 67. 
And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I give you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. This is my favorite part. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. These scriptures were written thousands and thousands of years ago and yet it's still relevant to today. Do we not go around with our children to place to place? Do we not spend time? Do we not do life with the children around us? So we can take this verse and we can apply it. We need to be, now I'm talking to us, we need to be spending time with Jesus so that we can teach our children. The way to lead your kids to Jesus is to make sure that you yourself are spending time in the word. The best example we can give to our kids of how to live a godly life is to live a godly life ourselves. My, uh, my parents love to tell the story of when I was small for bedtime, I would ask for a very specific worship song to be sung to me to go to sleep. And it was that um, blessing and honor, glory and power. But uh, I, I said it a little bit differently. I, I can't remember the exact phrasing that I used. But from a young age, my parents, when settling me to bed, were singing worship songs and telling me Bible stories. I knew 90% of the Bible study, um, Bible stories before I'd even gone to a kid's ministry. I was that know-it-all kid who knew all the Bible stories because my parents read scripture to me. We need to be involving our children in our lives, in our quiet times, in our decisions. Read scripture to our kids be ready and be ready in and out of season for the questions that they may ask. How can we be a source of knowledge of answers if we ourselves cannot answer the question that's been asked? We get the answer from Jesus. And so when we spend time with Jesus, we will be the source of an answer for our kids. If we are not the source of the answer, the world will be. What does this all have to do with relational? Everything I've said is based on you spending time with your kids. Is based on you spending time with Jesus. Proverbs 1, verse 8 to 9, a father's exhortation, acquire wisdom. My children, listen when your father corrects you. Don't neglect your mother's instruction. What you learn from them will crown you with grace and be the chain of honor around your neck. I love that phrase, will be the chain of honor around your neck. I wear the lessons that my father, my mother taught me around my neck. We need to make sure that what we instruct is for our kids' future and destiny, not for our own egos. Let us be sure that what we are instructing them in is in the ways of the Lord and not in the ways of Jared, not in the ways of Francis, not in the ways of, I don't know, 
put your own name in the blank. Let's be sure that we are instructing our kids in the ways of the Lord, not our own. When we have built a relationship with the children in our lives and our own children, they will value your opinion even when they are older. Don't expect to speak in your child's life when they are older if you never spoke into their life when they were younger. We, Sarah and I, value both of our sets of parents' input greatly. It is an invited opinion that we give to our parents because we are now one flesh. We are separated from them. But because of the foundations that they have established in Sarah and I, we ask for their opinions. Time is the key to a child's heart. Make it a pattern, not an event. Be sure to be spending time with your children, not on occasion. Make it a pattern to spend time with your kids. Point number two, our second value is real. When we have relationship, we need to be real. Our relationship needs to be real with our kids. Isaiah 54 verse 13, I will teach all your children and they will enjoy great peace. This is the Lord speaking to Isaiah, telling Isaiah that he will teach our children and they will enjoy great peace. In order for our kids to understand the gospel, we need to be their first example. And we do that by being real in our relationship with Jesus. We cannot portray a real relationship with Jesus if it is fake within our own lives. Our children are the ultimate detectives. I don't know if you guys, you definitely, everyone knows this. Kids are the ultimate detectives. There is no fooling a kid. There's not. You will never get away with fooling a kid. So kids are the ultimate detectives and will know when we're not being real. One of, the great, one of the big things about kids is they will tell it as it is. When I was living in Peter Maritzburg and I was involved in uh, the, the kids' ministry, I had, uh, I had let my beard go a little bit crazy. And I had a little girl come up to me and say, your beard is so ugly. <laughs> she, tell it, she told it as it was. Kids are the ultimate detectives and will be able to tell when you're not being real. We cannot expect our children to do things if we ourselves will not do it. Instruction without example is words going in one side and going out another. We cannot force our kids to go to kids' ministry, to go to Kids City, if we ourselves don't want to be at church on a Sunday. This goes past just the church, but that's the most practical example I have for you right now. When we have truly submitted our children to Jesus and been real in our belief in Jesus, we will have peace about their future and their destiny because he will be their ultimate teacher. That is the promise that this verse gives us. 
that Jesus will be their ultimate teacher. And so when we are real in our relationship with Jesus, and when we have really given over the kids in our lives over to Jesus, we will not have to worry about where they'll end up because we know that he'll be with them. And again, because all of our values blend into one another, time is the key to a child's heart. It's worth saying again. They will know you're being real by the time you spend with them. If we aren't real with the kids around us, how can we expect them to connect with us? The worst leader is a fake leader. Point number three, redemptive. The part we all love to test Jesus on. Proverbs 29 verse 17. Discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and make your heart glad. I'm not here to tell you how to discipline your children. I'm not here to tell you that. But be sure that you are disciplining your children. We discipline our children because we love our children. And if you do not discipline your children, you are robbing them of correction. We are to be a place of safety for our children. When I received uh, discipline, it was in the form, this was many years ago, it was in the form of a hiding. It was in the form of a hiding. But When I received the hiding, I'd be told exactly how many hidings I was going to be given. I would have to submit myself to my father who would sit on the end of the bed and say, come, come here. He wouldn't come grab me. He wouldn't pull me. He wouldn't force me. He'd say, come. He taught me to receive the consequences of my decisions, but When the smacks were dished out, he would hug me and I would cry until there were no tears left and try and get away from him, but he would hug me until I gave in and hugged him back. What he taught me was that I have to account for the wrongs that I had done, but there is love after the consequences. Immediate love. He didn't let me wallow in my pain and come back later. He instantly loved me. We discipline our children out of love, not out of anger. We should be the first to help them take the step forward after a mistake. Be the ones who help our children rise up. The worst thing you can do is rob a child of making a mistake because they'll never learn the lesson and will make the mistake a hundred more times. But the best thing you can do is to be there to help them stand back up after they've made a mistake. We need to be the examples to our children of how to forgive and redeem friendships and situations. If we harbor hurt, they will too. Remember, they're the ultimate detectives. If we hold a grudge against someone else, do not be surprised 
when your kid smacks that person's kid for no reason. I'm going to be honest. They know what's going on. So we need to be the examples. Forgive and show your kids how redemption is done. Don't exclude them from the redemptive parts of your lives. Ask for forgiveness. Point number four, involved. Proverbs 22, verse six, direct your children onto the, the, the verse that we all love to quote. Direct your children onto the right path and when they, will old, when they are older, they will not leave it. They will not depart from it. I'm testimony of today that I was directed right and I have not departed from it and I will never depart from it. A quote by a, a very wise man, AKA Mike Vincent. He said, he said this, he said, the church is a family, but your family is not the church. I'm gonna say it again, because sheesh, it took, us a, it, it took us about 45 minutes of conversation to actually understand this. The church is a family. Our church is a family. We are a family. But your family is not your church. What do I mean by that? We cannot replace the church with our own version of church. Your family is not your ministry, it's your responsibility. If you want your kids to be raised up in the ways of the Lord, plug them into local church. Don't create church at home isolated. Bring them to an environment where we all love the kids and will help you raise your kids. Isn't that a beautiful picture? If you have struggle with that quote, please go and speak to Michael Vincent after the service. <laughs> Involved equals belonging. We don't just say this line to sound cute. It's a nice catchy line, so we said it. No, involvement equals belonging. This is a core belief of our faith. When we are involved, our faith becomes real. Encourage your children to be involved. If they have no value in church, they will not want to be a part of church. Can I read you some statistics? In a book, called Transforming Children into Spiritual Champions, Why Children Should Be Your Church's Number One Priority by George Barner. He reports these, these statistics. And these are based off of uh, the American culture, so take them with a pinch of salt. Children between the ages of five and 13 have a 32% probability of accepting Jesus as their savior. 32%, that's pretty, pretty good. The probability of accepting Christ drops to 4% for those who are between the ages of 14 and 18. Those older than 18 have a 6% probability of accepting Jesus as their savior. What do these statistics tell us? They tell us that when you plug a child in from a young age, 
Their relationship with Jesus is gonna be real. That they will truly find Jesus. Lead your children and bring them to meetings. My mom loves to tell the story of I was, I was two weeks old, two weeks old, and I was in church. Two weeks old, my mother held me in church. Why? Because church was such a value to them that they would not be held back from involving me in church from the two weeks into birth. Bring your kids to meetings, not just Sundays. Show your kids what it means to be involved. Bring them to prayer meetings. Bring them to connect group. Bring them to your worship team practices. Bring them to what you're involved in. Show them the value of involvement in the church. Involve your children in decisions and conversations. Give them responsibilities both in the home and the church. You will never be more shocked than when you give a responsibility to an eight-year-old and they outperform some 30-year-olds. Give a child responsibility, teach them the value of responsibility, and they will not depart from the ways of the Lord. Give them the responsibility of carrying their own faith in Jesus and they will not depart from the ways of the Lord. Be there as a, as a, as a guide, as a, as a supporter. Hey, have you had your quiet time today? Not you will sit down here with me and we're, then it's law. But let us be the greatest supporters our kids can have on the way to giving them responsibility and teaching them the value of being involved with Jesus. Involve your kids in your lives, in your decisions. One of the weirdest conversations I've ever had was at 16, 17, my dad sitting me down and saying, we have been asked to take over Venture Church. How do you feel about that? It stays in my mind to this day that my father involved me in a big life-changing decision. His decision was not dictated by how I responded, don't get me wrong but he gave me the opportunity to share in the responsibility of the decision that he was going to be making for our family. Involve your children in your decisions. Point number five and the last one, commissioned. And I have lots of verse here. Luke 18, verse 15 to 16, Jesus blesses the children. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. And then 1 Timothy 4, verse 12, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. 
be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. You don't listen to this message from me because I'm 25. You listen to this message from me because this is what I have felt God has said. So why do we look down on our kids and the spiritual things that our kids share with us? We should encourage our kids to share testimonies. Ask kids how Kid City was. It was the most annoying part of my Sunday was going home and my parents asking me in the car how Kid City was. But you know what it taught me? It taught me to value real relationship with Jesus. Because when I spoke about it, it had to be real. Ask your kids how Kid City was. Ask the children who you know are at Kid City. How was Kid City? Ask them for their testimonies and show the value of their testimonies. Share your own testimony with the kids and allow them to find revelation through your relationship with Jesus. Learning about how my parents gave their life to Jesus was a motivation it was a drive. It was, this is real. Their relationship is real. That's what I want. And so what did I do? I seeked it. Uh, sought it. <laughs> seeked it. I sought it. I wanted it for myself because it was real to them. It was so real that they couldn't help but tell me how Jesus had changed their life. It was so real to me that they couldn't help but praise Jesus when things went right in our lives. They couldn't help but praise Jesus when things were wrong in our lives. All I heard was the testimony of Jesus from my parents' mouth. Let us share our testimony with the kids around us. Do not judge, uh, do not doubt your kid's experience with Jesus. Listen and take it seriously. One of the most underrated things we can do is dismiss a child's testimony or experience because we think they are too young to understand what they're saying. During Equip that we hosted here at Venture Church, I was involved with the kids' ministry. And one of the little girls bought me a, a drawing that she'd just done by herself. She bought it to me and she said, and it was a drawing of a door and there was light, light seeping out of it. Yeah. She bought it to me and she said, this is what I feel the Lord is saying to us. That we cannot hold back the light that God is putting in our lives. She was seven years old. Do not doubt the testimonies and the words that the children bring to you. Take your kids on mission with you. Take them with you. One of the great privileges that I had was going to Canada with my parents a few years ago now. Because of them taking me along with, 
I now, with my wife, am going back there because the impact that it made in my life and the ministry that I have there is going to change my future. All because my parents took me on mission with them. Take your kids on mission, regardless of their age. Allow kids to be called by Jesus. Do not be intimidated by their calling. Don't hold your kids back from the calling that God has given them. You need to be the greatest and highest shoulders that they can stand on to see what Jesus has called for them. Pray and release spiritual gifts over your children. Teach them about spiritual things and of the gifts of the Spirit. What you receive in church imparts on your kids. As you learn, impart on your kids. Pray that the Lord will release spiritual giftings within your kids now, not when they turn 25, not when they turn 18, not when they turn 30, now, regardless of their age. Pray that spiritual gifts may begin to move. One of my greatest desire is to see kids coming up from Kids City in worship to share prophetic pictures of what they see in our midst. Teach them about the spiritual things. Teaching our children the ways of the Lord sets them up for a deep relationship with Jesus when we are gone when we don't establish the foundations for our kids, the world will. If you read after King David and you read after King Solomon, the trajectory of the nation of Israel does this. They love God, they don't love God. They love God, they don't love They love God, they don't love God. The difference is, is that between certain kings, they would teach their children the ways of the Lord. And so the next kingdom would serve the Lord. But as soon as that king didn't teach the ways of the Lord, there was a down. They were persecuted, they were attacked. Set the foundations of faith. That is the commission that is not only for our kids, but is for us. Let us be sure to establish the foundations of faith in our kids now, so that when we are gone, they know they can turn to the ultimate teacher, Jesus. When we as the church take kids seriously, we will see revival in our city and our country. The sooner we embrace that God has called the kids, the sooner we'll see cities and countries transformed. When we impart what God has, called, called, has taught us to the next generation and teach them to impart it to the next generation, we will see God and his kingdom move forward. 
We need to be breaking new ground with our children at our side so that when we are done, when we breathe our last breath, they may begin to break even further ground. Our values are towards our kids as much as they are inside and outside this local church. The kids are not a different thing to our church. They are the church and the future of it. We as parents, mentors, family, friends need to be encouraging our kids to have a real relationship with Jesus. I'm going to ask um, that we stand up. <laughs> First of all, I've, I've concluded in case you didn't get that. I have a very deep love and passion for imparting the ways of the Lord to the next generation. And we as a church have recognized that we want to do more for the kids. But in order to do more as a church, we need those who are willing to raise their hands and say, I will partner with you to help bring about what is happening. So if that's you here this morning, I'm going to ask very practically, very practically, we need volunteers. So if you've listened to this message this morning and you feel like there is a gift that you would like to impart onto the kids, to teach the kids, to help raise the kids, if you feel that stirring within your heart, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand so that I can see and so that Sue and Craig can see, so that we can come and talk to you. So if, if you feel called to the kids' ministry to come and help in the kids' ministry, can you raise your hands right now? Thank you. Just because you didn't raise your hand doesn't absolve you of the responsibility of helping to raise the kids of Venture Church. I've asked the, the kids if they would come. The reason being is that we are going to pray a blessing as a church over them. As the people who take responsibility for the kids, we are going to pray blessing over them. So if your kids are here, can I ask you to stand with your kids as well? If you have kids, can you bring them and come and stand forward? But parents, stand with your children. You know, when, a, when we do a baby dedication, the one portion of a baby dedication is, church, do you promise to help lead and raise these kids? And do you know what we all say? So it's time for us to take the responsibility that we've been given seriously again. So can you reach out your hands towards these parents and these kids? I'm going to ask the elders to go and lay hands on each of the parents. But let's pray over our kids and the parents who lead those kids. Let us as Venture Church say that we promise to come and stand up alongside you to help raise these children in a godly way.
So if you'll stretch out your hand. Dear Lord Jesus, we pray a blessing over these children, the future of our values, the future of Venture Church, the future of your church. Lord, we thank you for what you are doing amongst them and in them in Kids City. We pray a double portion of impartation upon them now, Lord. We stand before you and we submit ourselves to you and to leading these children well. We submit ourselves to you in saying we will help lead the next generation to you. And so we pray a blessing over these children and their parents as they take on this responsibility of leading the next generation. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it was a blessing to you. If you want to connect with us further, log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social pages, Instagram and Facebook.